Hello and welcome to Tribe Talking, the podcast of Tribe Talk. Here we have conversations and offer insights for Jewish middle and high school students as they look toward college and beyond. From wisely evaluating Jewish life on campuses to equipping themselves should they encounter any anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli sentiments. Tribe Talk is an expanding hub of resources guiding students and their parents along the way at a time when Jewish pride and identity is being challenged. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and I'm here today with Dr. Rachel Fish, founding executive director of the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism. Rachel, today, let's examine the different types of anti-Jewish, anti-Israel activism on campus. We've already explained in a previous podcast the overall problem, but how does it break down? What do we see on on the ground? What are some of the different aspects of these anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic sentiments? So it's really important for young people to understand that anti-Semitism didn't start in the 21st century, that this didn't emerge with a particular presidential election, that this didn't happen first at Charlottesville, that there really is a complex history around the emergence of Jew hatred. We first see Jew hatred during the period of an anti-Jewish, anti-Judaism sentiment. It's against the religion. And we see this coming from medieval Christian Europe. We see this happening at a time in which Jews are blamed for the killing of Jesus. We see this at a time in which Jews are considered to be the ones who brought the bubonic plague in medieval Europe. And we also see it in terms of the idea of the blood libel, that Jews are killing innocent children for the purpose of using that blood for their holiday pastries, like the baking of matzah. This is the first sort of emergence of an anti-Judaism sentiment that we see in our history. That transforms by the 19th century to a very different understanding. Wilhelm Marr, who is a German, in 1879 coins the term anti-Semitism. He comes up with it. And he comes up with this term to be able to differentiate between those Easterners, or what are referred to as the Orientals, which are meant to be the Jews, against those pure Europeans. And this is a form of racial hatred towards the Jewish people. What's interesting to note in 1879 is also when Jews are trying to figure out in Europe if they should try to be more French, more German, more European, so that they can assimilate and acculturate and be accepted into the European societies in which they are living, or if they should invest in this idea of Zionism, Jewish nationalism, and create their own nation state and have self-determination like other peoples. So 1879 is a very important year in Jewish history. So we had anti-Jewish sentiment around the religion, and now we have anti-Jew sentiment around the people. This, of course, plays out to what we know as the horrors of the Holocaust, where those ideas of racial purity are taken to the farthest possible degree of annihilation. Now we see a different form of Jew hatred, where yes, it's still about the people, It's a little bit about the religion at specific times, but it's very much about the Jewish state, the idea of Israel, which is representative of Jews holding power, real power, the ability to make decisions, the ability to have an army. And that kind of hatred we see 
particularly on college campuses, much more so than we do about racial purity. But it's about Jews holding power and Israel being the representative of that. And there's a lot of anti-Israel sentiment. And we can talk, if you want, Jordan, about the difference between, you know, critique of Israeli policy versus hatred of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Well, I think we should address the BDS movement. And that is something that has taken on a virulent kind of anti-Israel, anti-Jew mode. And when people get on campus, they're going to hear a lot in some cities, in some areas about BDS, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Tell us more about BDS and why this is something we have to really keep an eye on. Sure. BDS, exactly as you said, started as a movement to boycott, divest, and have sanctions against Israel, specifically around the idea of Israel controlling the West Bank and how the Palestinians face real challenges living in the West Bank. It started as a Palestinian movement. What's interesting to note is that as a Palestinian movement that started in the West Bank, it has a nonviolent framing. And it's a way to try to create change on the ground. However, when the BDS movement started, it was started by a man named Omar Barghouti, who is a terrorist. He was in Israeli prisons for a very long period of time for terrorist acts. And his ideas were moved also to Europe and America in order to find outsiders outside of the West Bank who could encourage and advocate for boycott, divestment, and sanctions. The BDS movement outside of America tends to actually be very vitriolic. It ultimately calls for the destruction and and the, um, the delegitimization of the state of Israel and ultimately calls for Israel and Israelis and Jews who are Zionists who support Israel and any Zionist, whether you're Jewish or not, to have their voices silent. This is a huge challenge on college campuses. It absolutely is an anti-Semitic movement because anti-Zionism, as it exists once you have a state, is anti-Semitism. I mean, there's so many aspects to this that are totally tied to the Jewish culture and the Jewish theology. Absolutely. I mean, listen, in terms of how Jews have had a connection to this place and idea of Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, Medinat Yisrael, the state of Israel, and Am Yisrael, the people of Israel, exists on multiple levels within Jewish tradition and Jewish life. Jews pray facing eastward towards Jerusalem, towards Har Zion, Mount Zion. Jewish ritual practice is a very often has Israel as a central component. There are certain laws within the Torah that you can only do when you are actually in the physical land of Israel. So it has absolutely had a crucial component in terms of Jewish history and memory and tradition. And then on top of that, the creation of the state of Israel in 1948 was an absolute turning point in Jewish history because Jews have agency to control their own destiny and no longer be relying on host societies in order to ensure their survival. Students should know, upcoming and and current students should know that, uh, as you've well defined, Jews have been 
the subject of hatred and bigotry and I want to say several great lies over the years. One of the lies, of course, is choose control politics, the media, banking, etc. Are these kinds of traditional anti-Semitic feelings still being felt on campus? You, you do see this. And, and to be honest, where you see it most is coming from students in social media. Mm -hmm. And you see these ideas, these lies being perpetuated, particularly in moments of times in which democracies are framed. And what I mean by that is Jews remain othered and as a scapegoat. And in that particular situation, even, you know, sitting where we are today, where we hear about coronavirus and we also see some economic challenges, Jews will be and are the first to blame. I'm glad you mentioned social media, which is the, the huge elephant in everybody's corner of the room. Uh, so sad when bullying occurs for whatever reason, but Jews are particularly subject to social media abuse, as are other minority groups around the world. But how do you suggest students deal with what can be just horrific if they're beset by social media thugs? So it's really important that if any type of anti-Semitic rhetoric or comments are made on social media, that those are reported to the social media channel or platform that is being mm -hmm. utilized, whether it's Facebook, right. Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be. Secondly, it should be reported to the Anti-Defamation League. Thirdly, it should be reported to the local police. And why it's important to report it to the local police is because this is called digital terrorism. There has to be a way for there to be consequences and people cannot have complete anonymity to create and incite terror against a particular group of people. Right. So that's very important. So students should know, and all of us should know, that there are avenues we can take to, to protect ourselves and to protect others. Absolutely. On media. Absolutely. And the other thing I would say about social media is that the work that I'm doing now with Mr. Kraft and his family, the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism, is that we want to be able to try to create digital content that can be leveraged and used by all types of individuals between the ages of 13 to 35 and beyond in order to help articulate why humanizing Jews is so important, because much of the world really doesn't know Jews, right? right. It's really right. easy to other someone that you don't know. And part of our work is to make Jew hatred socially unacceptable in the 21st century. In a previous discussion, we talked about some allies who are non-Jews, Gentiles or, or people from the Middle East who have really stepped up because they're decent people with, with understanding. Talk a little bit more about the fact that it's not all one-sided. There are many allies that don't get a lot of attention, unfortunately. There are a lot of allies, absolutely. And we need to cultivate those relationships and encourage those relationships and find greater points of intersection and relationship building and bridging build, bridges, building bridges together. Uh, I would say that, you know, first of all, there's a population of Christians from the Middle East who they themselves have experienced the... Arabization of the Middle East to the point in which they are no longer comfortable being in the Middle East to practice their religion and have left the Middle East. There are also different Christian uh, denominations in America, specifically, who are eager to engage with Jews and have a goal ultimately 
to encourage positive relationships. There are a variety of other ethnic communities as well, but what's important to note is that in terms of the Jew hatred conversation, we actually see that there are several populations who do not have familiarity with the history mm. of anti-Semitism. They have not understood or explored what happened during the Holocaust. And very often Jews are viewed as being part of a white majority and not as a minority. And this point is actually really important because for many students, what's going to be very important for them is to be able to share with their friends, not in a confrontational way, but really to share that they're more than just a religion, right? In the American context, Judaism and Jews are seen as a religious group like Methodists and Baptists and Episcopalians, but actually Jews are also a people and reclaiming that tribalism in a positive way is very important and is an educational opportunity to engage with, with all of these groups. And on campuses, uh, we all know that Hillel groups are so positive and so reinforcing and all kinds of opportunities for people to not just learn, but to socialize. There are opportunities out there on campuses, despite all this, where students can find solace, where they can find hope. Absolutely. And I, I would say beyond just finding hope, there's a lot of joy. Right. And whether you go to Hillel, whether you go to Chabad, whether it's your own peer group of students who want to find ways to engage with one another, there's a lot of joy in Judaism and you can't only focus on the oi. There's a lot of opportunity <laughs> to celebrate Shabbat every week is a gift, right? To disconnect from your phone, to disconnect from thinking about your work for a couple of hours and really enjoy the community that you have and have meaningful in-person interactions and make sure people get off those cell phones. I love it. From oi to joy, not a bad way to go. Rachel, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for making the time. Our guest on the podcast has been Dr. Rachel Fish, founding executive director of the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism. You've been listening to Tribe Talking, the podcast of Tribe Talk. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review our podcast, and please tell your friends about us. Send us your questions and feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Our website is tribetalk.org. This is Jordan Rich. Thanks for listening.